It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that honestly cannot believe the Flyers have a three-game win streak going. Yeah, they, they conquered the West. They did. We will get into that, plus so much more on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you'll find information on all of our episodes, Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag on tomorrow's show, so get those questions in. We are going to talk Flyers versus Ducks. We're going to talk Sam Erson. We've got a Phantoms update today, and we'll have Russ's report from the Winter Classic. Uh, and get into a little world junior. So jam-packed show today. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, Sam Erson got his third start in a row. Uh, Carter Hart has apparently been cleared to play, but John Tortorella made the decision to put Sam Erson in net. And he performed spectacularly, I would say. I was so bummed out at the end of the game. Uh, I thought I really wanted that shutout for yeah. him. Yeah, they get a goal late. Yeah, the whole Carter Hart thing's weird now because it's like – okay, he was on the trip, but why was he on the trip if you weren't going to play him? Like, even if Sam Erson's playing the best hockey of his career, you probably only should play him two out of three. I mean, now, you know, when now when do you go to put Carter Hart in? Are you going to let him sit another couple games if Erson keeps winning? Like, it's in a weird spot now. It is, and I truly believe that Tortorella intended to play Carter Hart when they left on the trip, and I think he made like a, a last minute decision when mm -hmm. he saw Urson was playing well, especially in that game against LA. I, I feel like Carter Hart would have been the logical guy to play against the Ducks just to, you know, get him back into it against maybe an easier, slightly easier team. Uh, but that being said, I, I, I just think that John Tortorella said, no, we're going to go with the hot hand here. Okay. I mean, but at some point, like, you have to get them in there. Like, you can't keep going yeah. with the hot hand. I, I agree. I think yeah. it's, it's an interesting choice. Um, I would have put Carter Hart back in. Uh, Me too. But, at, you know, on the other hand, Sam Merson stopped uh, all nine of Trevor Zegers' shots on goals. Yep. So I will take it, certainly. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, he, he did look really good. The Ducks are a weird team, though. You could tell they get demoralized early and um they do the flyers like the the good thing about the flyers is is that they do play hard and honestly if you play hard against the ducks and and you get a lead you could see they just they just lose it they just their defense we talked about it i mean it's oh, yeah. it's bad <laughs> it's really bad 
It was. I was thinking about it, uh, you know, our conversation about the Ducks defense when I on two of the Flyers goals, they had all the time in the world to have the patience for that perfect shot. Oh, yeah. I, you know, especially like when Kevin Hayes made that play to get it. To yeah, nobody was connect. near him. Nobody was near him. He was like, all right, I'm just going to stick here with the puck until the goalie bites and then I'll pass it off. Like it was, it was like as if the whole play was in slow motion. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And, you know, and the I, the Morgan Frost goal, like you could tell when that went in, that that just blew up Gibson's mind. It was like, ugh. oh, my God. Yeah. Like that one just killed I mean, him. You know, no slight on Morgan Frost. No. It was a great move. But, no, but it was a stoppable um, puck. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was for sure. But it's still, I, I appreciate it in the sense that Morgan Frost is really playing top hockey for him right he now. Is. And uh, this this was just another example of that, that you saw him making moves and carrying the puck himself and taking the shot himself in situations where maybe he wouldn't have earlier mm-hmm. in the season. Yeah, he, he's bringing the puck up the ice with confidence. He's got a lot of confidence, and that really does shine through. And now Noah Cates is getting more confidence, and and that's good. You know, all, all of those things are good. Like, these, these are all positives. Yeah, one of the other things we talked about uh, in the preview for this game was Kevin Hayes kind of getting back on the scoreboard and putting a little bit more into it than he he had, that we really wanted more of a three-line option here in terms of offensive capability. And, you know, I think he's not 100% there, but I think he did that to some degree. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, he got two assists in the game. We just talked about, you know, that patience he had on the Konechny goal. And so I think that, you know, while it maybe wasn't his best game ever, it was certainly an an improvement over the last several. It was the best of the trip. It's the best in, you know, Mm -hmm. probably the last three or four. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, what you want to get out of Kevin Hayes. And, you know, when they come back from the trip, they're going to start playing some harder teams again. And so that's good. I mean, now, you know, they, they have more confidence and you can see if they're up to the task. Yeah, and I think we have to give credit to Travis Konechny as Mm -hmm. well. I mean, five goals, four assists in the last five games. He's uh, above a point per game for the season, which considering, you know, how November was. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think that's pretty remarkable that he's gotten himself back to that kind of scoring rate yeah this is you know what he always had the ability to do but we hadn't seen this in a couple of years and it's good that we're seeing it now like because he you know was always capable of it yeah and i think that he is actually one of the guys that's really leading the way for some of the slightly younger guys in terms of playing with confidence. I think when you see a guy like Travis Konechny, you know, who did struggle last season coming into his own a little bit more this season, I think that's part of, you know, when you look at Owen Tippett, when you look at Morgan Frost, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and what those guys are doing right now, you can say Travis Konechny is providing leadership and a roadmap for them. Yeah, he's he's definitely doing a follow the leader thing. I mean, again, like what has he not done to get a letter? Like this is the, the silly part of the John Tortorella era here. You don't want to give a captaincy, fine. But like 
to have no letters really makes no sense. And, and I'm really surprised that it's kind of like gone under the radar, even this long, like with, I think people just got tired of talking about it, but it's really an important thing for a team. And I just don't get it. I think, you know, in terms of the things to work on from this game, I think they probably could work on staying out of the box. A yeah. Little oh bit yeah. Or, um, you know, they're lucky that they were playing the Ducks because most teams, when they get five power play chances, are going <laughs> to They're going to score, yeah. And and the Ducks had a lot of giveaways, too. So they – but you're right. They, they've got to work on it. Their, their PK is getting work, and that's fine. But they do have to work on staying out of the box. That's an important thing, especially with some of the games coming up and just for, you know, the future. So I'm sure that was the, you know, the only real negative in this one. Yeah, and especially because the PK, while they were successful, you know, on the scoreboard, they did allow more shots on goal than than usual. Yeah, and were you know lucky to have Sam Erson there, who made some pretty incredible saves. You know, he wasn't you know overwhelmed in this game, but you know he came up big. When yeah, he, he did too, especially on the PK. And you know, the Flyers. You know, we, we've been talking about how the power kill is is on it right now and it felt weird but the flyers got no shots on goal during the penalty kill yeah. in this one it's just you know but it but it did it you know sometimes the goalie has to be the best penalty killer and he was so that's you know that part works out yeah and then on the other hand the flyers power play i thought got more chances than usual still not successful no. but uh you know, I will say they lost every face-off in the first power play opportunity, but they still got four shots on goal. So there is some effort there, and they're they're mm-hmm. retrieving the puck even when they lose the face-off. And I think that's an important thing to consider. It is. I mean, the face-off loss isn't the end of the world if you can get the puck back. In the end of the day, that's the most important thing. So will it work like that against a lot of other teams? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think so. But I think, you know, it's a it's a good thing. I, I think this game allowed them chances to, you know, recover from mistakes and get some confidence yeah. in a way that you need every now and again. And I think you're right that they should be able to take this into the future games. And luckily, with the travel and everything, they have an extra day off to think about it and practice and kind of reset before they start playing games at home. Yeah. And and right now, you know, it's a new year and right in there and they have a win streak going. So, you know, those things are positive and that's what you want to ride. All right. Well, we are going to head up to Lehigh Valley and get caught up on the first uh, weekend post Christmas break for the Phantoms coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to college bowl season to basketball to soccer, esports, and, of course, the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love podcasts like ours, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Make sure you check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's your daily show covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. 
plus NHL draft rankings and top prospects comparisons for every team. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, it was a rough weekend uh, for the Phantoms, and we were talking last week about needing to rack up wins to move up in the standings, and they went one for two, or one win, two losses over the last week, and uh, the the win was in a shootout, so they still like gave up a point in that one. So they're back down to seventh place in the division. And, you know, you look at the standings, it's really not far off between third place and eighth place in the division. It's, it's you know, something you can come back from. But because of that, every single point is important. And we really desperately, like we've been saying, need this team to make the playoffs and get some experience for these guys. Yeah, I think there's singular improvement as a team. They're slipping, and and it's just a fact. They're slipping, and they're like we had pointed out before. They don't play that many weekday games, and they just still have not been able to corral it together. Uh, they're disappointing, and the fact that they've slipped further down just doesn't sit well with me. I was talking to someone the other day that the Phantoms, even before you know these outcomes weren't impressing me as far as, you know, how they were playing overall. And they do have a lot of talent there. And so, again, do I love what the coaching staff there is doing? No, I do not. It's interesting because if you look at Artem Anisimov, who has been a huge part of their scoring recently, you know, he only had two assists over mm-hmm. the weekend, no goals. And that is making a huge difference in the win-loss column. Um, yes. I think, you know, part of it is, you know, that level of scoring isn't sustainable for everybody. Uh, but at, at the same time, I think he's missing Ali Lixel as a line. I think that's fair. I mean, Lixel, you know, plays really well. And, yeah, he is able to set him up. So I, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, again... You have to have more than a catalyst of him, you know? I mean, you have – they should be getting more goals from their blue line. They should be getting – you know, they're – you know, you can't always depend on the veterans. Some of the younger guys have to start doing it, and there are some young guys that are kind of, like, stuck in the mud now, and we'll talk about them. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little frustrating. You know, on the good side, Zade Wisdom finally got his first goal of the season. But he's still – He's struggling. He's struggling. He's been struggling. So hopefully yeah. that helps him moving forward. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that it, Max Willman is helping them a little bit being mm-hmm. back down there. Um, he got the lone goal for the Phantoms on Friday. And so, you know, while he's only one player, I think just having his experience and he's a a really solid AHL level player when he gets sent down. So I I think that should be helpful theoretically, but, you know, I I think that they just have, you know, as a team, a lot of things to focus on here. Obviously the penalty kill is brutal. They're still the third worst in, in the AHL, even though they have the fifth best power play (laughs) in the league. uh, It was not great over this past week and you know especially in the game on saturday they were one for four that would have made a huge difference just Mm -hmm. to get one more power play goal because you know 
Wilkes-Barre Scranton, man. Those games are just awful. Phantoms started out really well in that one and just like the Penguins took over and there just really wasn't any fight to yeah. get back into it. I mean, just as an example, you know, you get back to Wisdom when he was playing in the AHL because of the pandemic. You know, things were going great, but, you know, I did point out to people that the goaltending was very weak that year in the right. AHL. And so, like, people got super excited about Zade Wisdom. But right now, I just feel like he has leveled off a bit. I do hope what you said is true, but he's not the only one, though. There's other prospects that have sort of leveled off there right now. Yeah, I want to talk about Tyson Forrester, especially. Uh, he is the biggest concern for me right now. Yeah. He's definitely in a slump. No goals since December 10th. His last point was an assist on December 16th. Uh, the Phantoms got into a shootout in the Wednesday game. He missed the shot opportunity. I mean, the Phantoms won the game, and you're not going to hit every shootout goal but i just think that would have been a good chance for him mm -hmm. to show what he can do moves wise and I, I i'm a little worried about him at this point yeah i am because he, he projects and should project to be one of the best players on that team and needs him off a side um and right now he's not yeah, it's uh, it's something where I don't know if I expect him to, you know, take over the AHL and be an elite player there, but I expect more consistency from him. And I think that's what we're looking for here is that you're going to be a key contributor to every game. You're going to put the team in a position to win and you're going to play consistently well. Like I'm, looking, I'm looking for more than that, to be honest, because if if he's ever going to, you know, get a leg up in the NHL right now, what he's doing in the AHL isn't going to get a sniff with this coach. Like it's not. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. All of those things need to improve. He's yeah. not doing any of those things no. that, that I said, you know, like, does he need to be a top 10 scorer in the AHL? No, but he has to be doing better and doing it consistently. He's got to lead his team or be there. Yeah. That, that's where you start. And yeah, even the goal total, it's not good. He, he's he got to be a goal scorer, and he's not scoring enough goals. You know, I talked about uh, Ali Lixel getting the call up, and so Tyson Forster actually slotted in on that line with Anisimov, and you would expect that chemistry to work, mm -hmm. right? Especially, you know, when Kiefer Bellows is up on that line. I mean, that's a... a borderline line right there like an nhl ahl borderline combo and uh it you know it just wasn't quite as successful as you would have hoped right and that's that that's the worrisome part for me like it's like listen we're at a point in the year now you're you know you're at the 30 game mark this is where you've got to start showing because again if he doesn't he's not getting a call up this year and then next year, you know, he'll be 21 and then you're going to start to think, all right, when's it going to kick in for Tyson Forrester? Because, you know, there was talk this year, well, maybe he'll, you know, make the team, you know, sometime this season. But so far, we don't see it. So hopefully it's a new year, new you situation right. for Tyson Forrester. But it's definitely something to stay focused on with Lehigh Valley. Um I want to talk about Adam Yinning again, because I think 
you know, he has definitely continued to be a bright spot. I think he's playing well defensively. Um, he had three assists on Wednesday. And, you know, like we've been saying, he's picking his moments and getting involved yeah. in the play offensively. And I, I think he is continuing to build confidence there. And uh, so I think that he is progressing in a, a really positive way. Yeah, I mean, if, if he you know, continues on like this, he might get an NHL sniff um, at the end, end of the season, which is more than, you know, we thought only because like it's his first year and we thought, all right, he'll play this full AHL season. But, you know, there might be a point where you do want to reward him. Elliot Denoye is the team leader in points now, 12 goals, six assists. Uh, so that's 18 points in 30 games played. And I know with the AHL, uh, you know, call-ups happen and injuries happen. And so, you know, looking at points per game isn't always the best metric, but I think like when your team, your top scorer is well below a point per game, like that's uh, of concern. And I'm not saying this is Elliot, Den Elliot Denoye's problem per se, and, you know, is a, a detriment to his development specifically. I'm just saying overall looking at the phantoms, they need like more guys with more points than that on the board. Yeah. I mean, again, if you don't, and, and 12 goals is pretty good for him, but if you don't have yeah. overwhelming numbers, John Tortorella is going to pick Max Wilman over you. And, and Max Wilman doesn't do anything at the NHL level. He just doesn't make any mistakes. But if you as a player continue to lose out on call-ups because of that, then that tells you your offense has to be a lot better because, you know, otherwise the coach is going to go with the safest guy. And I'm not saying that's always the right thing, but that's just what he's doing so far. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, Saturday's game aside where Taylor Gauthier was in net uh, for his first AHL game ever and just was lights out. I mean, sometimes you just run into a hot goaltender sure. like that. Uh, so, you know, give him a little bit of slack, but not too much here because it, every point counts and hopefully they'll be able to improve on that this week it's a two-game week they're at rochester and at the marley's on saturday the marley's and, are a buzzsaw uh, like this is i know you know again this is one where i am going to look at that game and see where they're at and if and if they're if they, you know if they get trounced by the marley's then i'm gonna start saying that there's bigger problems happening yeah all right, we will report on that next week when we check in on the Phantoms. Coming up next, we are going to get Russ's report from the Winter Classic, and we'll check in on World Juniors. Russ, uh, you are still clearly in Boston. I am, ready and I don't make my bed. Town. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. You can. But, uh, it's okay. For, for the YouTube <laughs> listeners, watchers, Russ has a messy hotel room behind him. Right I do. The rest isn't messy, but you know what? I'm away. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I would say at first I thought it was going to, it was a sort of a boring winter classic in terms of the game, but yeah. then Boston kind of turned it around at the very end and made a game of it. Yeah, this is a whole thing with Boston, the way they are this year. They're very resilient. You can never count them out. And I'm going to tell you, everybody in that ballpark knew 
the minute Boston tied up that game, that the Penguins were, they were done. Gonna win. That they were going to yep. win. And, you know, so like some people were like, well, you know, Boston got kind of lucky. And I'm like, it's not lucky when you haven't lost a game at home this year in regulation. Like it's just they're 19-0-3 and technically Fenway is a home game. Um, so that's just extraordinary. But, you know, the crowd was great. The, the event was great. Um, the Boston Pops retweeted me yesterday because I gave them some props um, a couple of days ago. That was nice because they were terrific. Uh, that was a nice. They addition. really were. Yeah. I, I I was like I posted as well. I'm like I think more sporting events need full orchestra. Yeah, I just I loved the way it kind of worked, and so I was you know I was a big fan of it. The um, you know the weather turned out to be great. The ice turned out to be great. Uh, I was a little worried at the beginning because there was like a little puddle in the uh, penguins net, but as soon as the sun moved off the rink quickly, uh, it never became a problem again. So the all that worked out well and you know people had fun again there's always going to be the winter classic haters well who cares there's too many of them blah 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 listen it was a full crowd they they were printing money uh people had fun it is a party atmosphere and that is the key to the winter classic it's a party atmosphere yeah i i thought it was funny just from a watching it on tv perspective when you have those teams that have the same colors yeah you can't distinguish the fans in the crowd, which in some ways was kind of cool, right? Right. It looked like a unified crowd, but clearly there were um, fans from both teams there. But everybody looked like they were having a good time. I didn't hear any complaining from the fans. I mean, in the media room, perhaps. And and, and that's the key. The fans are the ones that this these games are catered to them, and the players know it, but the players always have a great time. And I think that's what gets overlooked when everybody sort of like, complains about the winter classic they forget the family atmosphere the family skates how important it is i did an article on sportsology.com about evgeny malkin with his son uh talking about how he grew up and i've never heard him you know get that introspective before and that's those are the kinds of things you can get from these games from these players and and it really is a different feel for them and you know, at this point of the season, it's a good break for them too, you know? So that's where, you know, I think you get some really nice moments from these games. Yeah. And uh, next year in Seattle, January 1st at T-Mobile Park versus the Vegas Golden Knights, the two most recent expansion teams up against each other. That should be fun. It will be fun. Yeah. I did tweet about it yesterday. I kind of heard about it a little bit at the media event but i wanted to kind of source it a little better before i threw it up there i didn't throw up the teams because sometimes with the winter classic it takes a little longer because of schedule and such and teams end up getting changed at the last minute so uh this will be a really good matchup seattle is great that is a i've seen you know a baseball game at that ballpark it's tremendous it's one of the best in the league so this this should be a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to it uh, real quickly, I want to get caught up on World Juniors. We had quarterfinal action. Cutter Gauthier finally gets a, a goal, and he got two in mm-hmm. that win over Germany. Uh, I think that, you know, it, it was obviously just an absolute drubbing with USA over Germany. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was just bad. 
So, you know, I think you have to take those goals with a, a little bit of a grain of salt here, but uh, still good to get him on the board. And I think it kind of built his confidence and hopefully he can carry that into the next game. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing you, you want that to happen, but like right now he's not even the best guy on his line. He's the third best guy on his line now in the, you know, from a perspective of top scorers, sure. He's like four or five, something like that. Nobody's near Bedard. We get that. And Cooley is on a different level than, than both these guys too, than Snuggerud and, and Gauthier. And, and it just, again, it just, if I had to make a decision today, I would not want him to play with the Flyers next year, and I'm probably going to stick with that decision, even if he has more than a point a game in his college season because there's just parts of his game that just aren't ready yet. And if you want him to be at his best, then you've, you're going to have to wait for him. Now, let's see You know, if he has an amazing game against Canada and you know he goes out and has... You know, he looks stronger in the second half. Maybe I'll change my mind, but right now that's kind of where I'm at with Cutter. Yeah, Canada had a very exciting overtime Oof. win over Slovakia. Man, Slovakia. They gave it to really, them. Yeah, and this tournament is just a huge leap forward for them. So I'm really happy for that program. Yeah, no, the program was great. Uh, you know, uh, Nemec, 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 however you want to say it. It's been the, There's been like three versions of it. Uh, he really, that one goal was terrific, but he's been having a great tournament. Uh Dale Bodvorsky, I just like watching that guy. He's going to be a first rounder in the draft. Flyers fans should keep an eye on him because you never know where you're going to pick. He could be end up being a top ten pick. He was a big part of it too. Uh, I would say uh, not Brian Zanetti's best game for Switzerland, but still a pretty solid game. Czechia just steamrolled Switzerland as well in that quarterfinal and. Uh, I still think that Zanetti and Switzerland can hold their heads high. They had a really good tournament overall. They just ran into one of the top teams in this quarterfinal matchup. But uh, I, I think that this is a good tournament for Zanetti. He'll go back to junior hockey, and I, th I think this should help him in the new year. It will. I mean, again, I, I look at it like – they are a little bit on the upswing now, Switzerland. Not as much as like when Heeshear was, you know, doing his thing in the World Juniors, but um, it does feel like they're on a little bit of an upswing. And I think he could, you know, feel like he's a part of that because he was a big part of the team. So I do think uh, he'll have a very good second half of the season. Me too. And uh, Sweden won over Finland. You can never miss those games. Always a good coin flip on that one. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good comeback from Sweden and a shorthanded goal to win it. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that in junior hockey. Well, I'm sure some Finns out right. there might argue with you. Well, <laughs> yeah, as a neutral observer. I guess. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We are going to kind of look at that road trip overall and see what we can take from it moving forward for the Flyers. We're going to preview the semifinals of World Juniors, and we'll have your mailback questions, so get them in. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. You can comment over on YouTube. We'll get your questions answered on the show. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. -I'm, I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. 
Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's a daily show covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the draft. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.